welcome to the Destined for Success podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and this podcast used to be called New Manager Media, Managed Right from the Start. Many of the concepts are the same, but there's a little shift. There's a shift because I know we are all destined for success, and I want to help you find the fastest, smoothest way to reach your highest best as quickly as possible. Join me in today's episode where you're going to come up with new ways to build your skills and influence others to make the impact you desire to make. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Welcome to Destined for Success. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and we are on part two of our three-part series, The Three-Point Blueprint to Go from Merely Surviving to Thriving. So last week, we were talking about how pesky thoughts are creating the life that you really didn't want and how to stop that. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go grab that. Not that you can't listen to this one now, but I'm just saying, catch up, people. Catch up. So what is your vision? That's what we're going to talk about today. What is your vision? What is your vision for your life? Do you remember being like in kindergarten or first grade and then say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you say like 10 things. I want to be a nurse and a doctor and an astronaut and a school teacher and a stay-at-home mom and a figure skater. Wait, what? Nurse and doctor were never, ever, ever on my list. Figure skater might have been. I did skate when I was in my early teens. What was on your list? What was your vision? People talk about how when you go to college, you have to have like an idea of what is your What is your major going to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? Oh my God. Thank God. Nobody ever asked me that. Like they didn't. I asked the question to my high school teacher, Mrs. Lourdes Carroll. And I said, I'm going to college, but what am I going to do when I get there? And she goes, well, what do you like? Do you like math? No, absolutely not. Do you like history? No. Taught by coaches, not very good teachers. Well, what about English? Ah, English is okay, but God, you have to read so freaking much. Oh, what about science? No, I have more questions than teachers can ask. They say that, you know, my questions, the answers are too far above my ability. So, no, I don't think so. She goes, well, Jennifer, you've taken two years of French, a year of Latin, and a year of Spanish. Do you think you like languages? Yes. Yes, I do. Perfect. Go to the counselor's office. Get the application for the University of Oklahoma. Let's fill out your application, get it in the mail today, and you're going to go to OU, major in French and Spanish, you're going to be a teacher. And I said, yeah, I don't think I really want to be a teacher, but I love majoring in French and Spanish. And she goes, okay, great, go get your forms. My vision for going to the University of Oklahoma was to get a degree in French, maybe Spanish, but that seemed like a little bit of an effort. And, uh, Yeah, I was not getting a teaching certificate. I was never going to take a business class or a math class. I was never going to drink coffee, and I was never going to get below a 3.0. And I did it. Not only did I do it, I also graduated with honors. It was so exciting. I had a vision. Now, I will tell you, my vision did not go much further than that. 
Now, somebody is saying out there, if you didn't want to teach, why did you major in languages? Well, because I was really good at them and I really, really, really enjoyed them. And I think more people drop out of college because they're in something they either aren't good at or have no interest in. Because you can be really good at something, but if you have no interest, you're not going to stick it out and do it. But if you have all the interest in the world, but no aptitude whatsoever, it's going to be really hard to do it. So those are, you know, anybody considering college or you have kids wanting to go to college, blah, blah, blah. Words to Live By by Jennifer Takagi. Major in something you really like and you're good at. Everything else will fall into place. I have friends who are just cringing right now saying, that's the worst advice ever. Don't give that advice. It served me well. Somebody recently said, oh, really? How'd that work out for you? And I said, hell, I don't know. I graduated from the federal government making six figures and I retired early. I have benefits. I think it worked out, people. It worked out. Now I'm an entrepreneur sitting in my office talking to myself and I'm hoping you're listening and learning things. What is your vision? I had a vision that someone, and somebody did actually tell me this, but I embraced it with all my being. With a four-year bachelor's degree from college, and this was a while ago now, it's like master's, PhD, I don't know, but in my day, it was a bachelor's. Having a bachelor's degree would indicate to a future employer that you had tenacity, you could stick it out, and you could see the project until its fruition. You could probably work well with other people because there are all those stupid projects you have to do in college with other people. And now you go to work and you find out you have to do projects with people the rest of your freaking life. Like it doesn't end. And then you get married and you have to do projects with them too. And if you had children, you have to do projects with them. Projects with other people never end. And that is part of the college learning experience. Does everybody have to go to college? No. <coughs> Pardon me. All kinds of people don't go to college and they succeed every day. I wanted to go to college. You know why? Do you want to know why? Yes, Jennifer, please tell me why. Watch it. I wanted to go to college because I wanted to put off getting a full-time job for four more years. That was my why. And that was enough. And it got me there. Little did I know, working 20 to 30 hours a week at the library, carrying a full load, dating and partying like a rock star, and making above a 3.0 every semester and graduating with a special separate honors degree was going to be more work than a full-time job. Who knew? Nobody told me that was probably for the best. But I had a vision of what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to do well at whatever I did. And I ended up going to work for the federal government. And someone said, how can you, with your DISC behavioral profile being a high I, which is influencing others, talking all the time, you want me on your team if you want to convince everybody to do what you want done. And I had a C in compliance following the rules. How did you succeed? How did you have a stellar career in the federal government? And I said, because... I wanted the accolades. I wanted the award. I wanted the good rating at the end of the year. If a bonus was around, I wanted it. So I would do what it took to make it happen. And my vision at work was the next promotion, the next project, the next thing I could get involved in. And it kept me going for many, many years. 
There is a saying in the Bible. Nope, I didn't look it up. Probably should have, but I didn't do it because that's not how I roll. But there is something about letting go of your childish ways. And I want to push back on that just a tiny bit. And you do have to let go of your childish ways because you do need to meet deadlines. You do need to take responsibility for every aspect of your life. There are things you have to do. It's called adulting. It's called adulting. But the problem with adulting all the time is you let go of all of your childish ways. And you don't need to let go of all of them. That looking at the world with childlike wonder. Taking in a sunrise. Rarely do I do that. I'm a sunset kind of person. Taking in a sunrise or a sunset and the awe and beauty of it. I don't care what you believe on how we got here or why there's a sunrise and a sunset. I just want you to appreciate it. Or all of a sudden it's spring and I'm driving down the highway and instead of everything being dead and brown in Oklahoma, everything has got little teeny shades of, of green and more and more green is popping up every day. That childlike wonder. If you could create the life of your dreams today, what would it look like? I remember being a kid and laying in the grass and looking at the clouds and my older sister would be with me or maybe one of my friends and I would say, oh my gosh, look at that elephant. That cloud looks like an elephant. And she'd go, no, it doesn't. It doesn't look like an elephant. What are you looking at? Well, right there. Don't you see it? Well, in Oklahoma, the wind comes sweeping down the plains and when it does, it just completely destroys your cloud animals. And the cloud animal would be gone before I could convince my older sister that that was, in fact, an elephant. That is what happens to our dreams. You have a dream. You choose to tell someone. That someone may not be the most positive, optimistic, supportive person ever. <coughs> Pardon me. And they might just tell you about how stupid your dream is. All the reasons why it cannot happen. And then you feel crushed and defeated and you didn't even go after it. I had a really funny conversation with my husband several weeks ago. Well, probably months ago now. And in our house, we have our living room, dining room, and kitchen. And it's like a circle. You can make a circle around it. Kids love it because like when we have parties and kids can run around in circles. They think that's really fun. Then they can stop and hide behind a wall and jump out and scare you to death. And I've been watching a little HGTV. And uh, I think we can just cut out all these walls and we could like raise the sunken living room because, you know, that's a stupid 1970s and 80s thing. And um, we could make it all one level and we could open it all up and I could have an open living room, dining room, kitchen and breakfast nook, all one big open area. And it's going to be fabulous and beautiful and amazing. And I sat down with my husband and I said, OK, I am going to tell you something. And I don't want you to say a word. I want you to say, OK, I'll think about it and just let it go. We are not going to do this in six months or a year. We may not do this in two years or three years or four years, but I want to plant the seed that how cool would it be if we did this? And he says, okay, okay, 
I'll do that. I said, all right. So I tell him my whole plan. And in my family, the reality is everything is a weight-bearing wall in a house and there can be no modifications because it's a weight-bearing wall. And then one of my sisters watched HGTV and found out, oh, guess what? All you have to do is put in a damn beam. You put in a beam, you put in a header, and it's fine. It's no longer a weight-bearing wall. So I tell my husband, and he immediately says, there's a weight-bearing wall. There's this, there's that, there's the other. And I said, Bill, I told you not to respond. I just wanted to sit there. Now, I might wait a couple years, but one day I'm pretty confident he's going to come in and go, now, what did you want to do with the living room, dining room, and kitchen? Like, let's talk about that some more. It's going to take a while to marinate, but that's okay. That's okay, because I know that's how he rolls. If I told that vision to one of my girlfriends, she'd say, do it. Just call a contractor. Get out there. Get bids. Find out what it makes. See what an architect could do. What kind of plans could be drawn up, right? It depends on who you're talking to. So when you share your vision, when I got into this whole spiritual world, I have friends I can't hardly talk to about it because they're like, Jennifer, you are totally out there and you're crazy and I don't believe this one flipping bit. And I'm like, oh, but it's true and it works and I don't care that you don't believe because it still works even if you don't believe. I can't let them poo-poo my dreams, my vision. The point in all of this is for you to really grasp the concept. Your vision for your life is your own. Your vision for your life is your own. Now, do other people come in and play a part of your vision? Quite possibly, I hope so, because I don't want you like living in the woods by yourself. Other people come in. You might have to modify your dream a little bit. But do you have to throw it out completely because they poo-pooed it? No. No. Will I live in this house long enough to have my kitchen, living room, dining room all remodeled? Maybe, maybe not. I might just sell the house and buy a house that already hasn't laid out the way I want it. I don't know. But my vision is to have this open floor plan. How and well will that come about? I don't really know. But the question is, what is your vision for your life? And I encourage you to embrace your dreams and then create that version of your life based on your vision. Now, I kind of had it a little bit in my vision that I would be able, did you catch that in the last podcast episode? I would be able to walk up a flight of stairs without like dying because my knees would be so much better. Did I actually say I will be able to walk up a flight of stairs and my knees will hold up and I'll be able to walk up a flight of stairs at Pompeii? No, I did not. Should I have? Probably. But you know what's so exciting to me? I can wake, out of, wake up, hop out of bed and I don't even know that I have knees. They just do what they're supposed to do because that's what knees are supposed to do. I had a vision that that day would come. And it did. I was at a hotel recently with a friend. We went to a business meeting and decided to split expenses and, and share a hotel room. And I woke up and I jumped out of bed and I said, did you just see what I did? Did you see that? And she goes, yeah, Jennifer, you got out of bed. Like, ooh, good for you. You got out of bed. 
I said, no, but I didn't moan. I didn't groan and my knees didn't creak. Like that is a big red letter day for me. Like seriously, y'all don't even understand. It's a big deal. In my three-point blueprint that you can get at www.takagiconsulting.com slash blueprint. It'll be in the show notes at the end of the podcast episodes. Just go to show notes and click it. It'll, it'll open up. You'll get it. In that blueprint, I have given you like prompts on what to say for how you want your life to be. Use it, don't use it, I don't care, but create the vision for your life and put it on paper. Put it on paper. After I retired, I found a piece of paper inside a notebook, you know, a workbook that was had nothing to do with it. I don't even know when I did this piece of paper. I think it was five to six years before I retired. But I wrote on this piece of paper, it said, uh, long-term goals, short-term goals. Long-term goals, three to five years. Short-term goals, three to six months. And I had it all mapped out. In three to five years, I was going to retire early and start my own business. And I was going to be a, a coach. And it was either five years or six years. And I retired. <laughs> I started my own business. And I'm a coach now. Like, who knew that would happen? I had a goal. I put it down. There we are. But I had a vision. I had a vision that I would retire early and do something else. What is your vision? Where do you want to go? How do you want your life to be better than it is right now? Do you want to be able to pop out of bed and your knees don't hurt? Put that down. Put that down. That was big for me. It may not be big for you, but it was big for me. Grab your blueprint. Clear those pesky thoughts. Write the vision that you want your life to be and stay tuned for next week. I'm Jennifer Takagi and I look forward to connecting with you soon. taking your time to spend with me on this latest podcast of Destined for Success. Please take a moment to leave a review, share it with a friend, and subscribe and get the newest episodes every Monday morning. I'm Jennifer Takagi and I look forward to connecting with you soon.